received your instructions. Touch gloves if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC Fight Night Austin, Texas edition of Gamblue's Bout Business Podcast. Our first order of business is to always think the loyal fight enthusiasts that are out there from country to country, city to city that tune in and listen to our approach to deriving profit from UFC fights. The last event two weeks ago, favorites marched to an 11 and two with one tie run. 65 plus percent are favorites so far this year. Last year, they were up around 67, just above 67%. And normal years, it's about 63 and a half. So three cards left, a lot of work to do. The Bout Business podcast last week threw a little two and six minus 2.48 units at them. Not to be boastful, but we record what our business is. And sometimes businesses got to pay rent or bills, the light bill, whatever it is. Our business had to pay a little bit last card. We take a 99 and 96 tally into this fight card. That's plus 29.13 units. 15% is our ROI for the year with an average win of 126. Three events remain for the year, as I said. We have futures hanging out there. One sole future, Colby Covington, minus 110. If you shop around and do not have him yet, you can get him plus 105. So I've, I've missed a little bit with that. But I don't think I've missed with the result of the fight. We'll have to wait a couple weeks to watch that. Over the next three cards, I will be using parlays that tie into future cards. Some of those future cards may leak into 2024. In 2024, the Gamble Bout Business podcast takes great changes. They're all explained on the gamble.com webpage. I encourage you to go there, but the only place to get the Bout Business podcast in 2024 will be the gamble.com webpage. Okay, so business is taken care of. We have Fight Night Austin to address and six rounds. So let's get right into it with round one. Round one, lightweights on the undercard. We're going to hang with an earlier release this week from Sneak Keep Podcast. Drakar Close, an MMA lab fighter fights Joe Selecki out of North Carolina. Interesting, Selecki and 
his gym, the Jimmo Gym, has participants in it, Brian Barbarena and Hot Sauce Haltman, that used to train with Drakkar at the MMA lab. So these guys all know one another. Selecki is going to know what Drakkar brings, and Close, consequently, is going to know what Selecki brings. And what Selecki brings is a good mix of pressure wrestling and striking. He uses his pressure and cardio to try and wear opponents out by forcing him to fend him off. This is a step up, in my opinion, for Selecki. And normally, the advantage that I would give a guy like Selecki is that he has been able to fight over the last two years and stay active where Drakkar Close is coming off injury. And in this case, Selecki has not been overly active, taking away maybe some of the edge I would normally award a fighter in that situation. Close, coming off a knee, he's had to recover. He's been away for 20 or 21 months, so the layoff is big. He's 35 years old, but when he was in, he was fighting elite fighters. He had Dariush's bell rung, and then he got a little anxious and ran into one. So as far as speed, explosion, hunger, focus, I think all the athleticism hangs with close. We released him earlier in the week, minus 120. I see now he's risen to about a minus 135 favorite. Round one, Drakkar close straight up at minus 120 to win 100. Or in the case, if you're listening now and didn't get the sneak teep release on Monday, then you take Drakkar close minus the 135, and let's roll right into round two. Round two, very interesting. I didn't know if I was going to use this fight until the last lady weighed in today, Misha Tate. Normally, I'd be very nervous about Tate waiting until the end of the weigh-in process to weigh in for a 135-pound fight. Let's remember, she fought at 125 last out. Fortunately for me, I sit around, got nothing better to do than to watch these things. Tate looked fresh as a daisy. I think she was just playing coy. She weighed in fine one or two minutes before the end of the deadline. And so in this case, I have no reservations about taking her. I like her returning to the 135 weight class bantamweight after competing at 25, drawn out and unable to perform. She fights Julia Avila, 35 years old, only two years younger than Tate, but she too has been away for considerable amounts of time. She had a major knee operation and while she was away with the knee, she decided to have a baby as well. So she returns off a knee, off a baby, she runs a business of mixed martial arts where she lives. And so she's got a lot stirring in her life and in this fight. Now, while she is focused and believes she's totally prepared, I think Tate and her size and her wrestling are designed to take this fight deep. She surely has that experience. And I think after the middle of round two and into round three, is when the effects of the baby could affect Miss Avila. Now, we watched Mackenzie Dern rush back from having a baby and lost, and others have as well, until someone shows me that they can rebound from that and win a fight. 
I'm going to have to fade just because I think it's a very, very difficult thing to do, not knowing anything about that from being a male, obviously. Round two, Misha Tate, currently priced 120. We'll take Misha Tate one unit for 120. Now let's move into round three. Round three, we're in the main card, obviously. And we're going to go to Sean Brady, Kevin Gastelum. Boy, what an excellent fight we have here. And what really what I think makes this compelling is the fact that Brady really needs a win. He had a meteoric rise into his last fight against Bilal Muhammad, and Bilal beat the brakes out of him. More importantly, what I saw was Brady, who had a history of suffering from nose problems before that fight, got his nose completely battered and had to recover via operation going into this fight. Now he comes back fresh as a daisy. The guy's tough. He's durable. And he's the natural 170-pound fighter. He's only a year younger than Gastelum, inch taller, has an inch of reach advantage. And while he's been active at 170, I think that loss to Muhammad could have taken way more out of this young man than he's willing to realize. Meanwhile, Kelvin, on his last run, really, he competed at 170 as a younger man. And as a younger man, he was not as disciplined as he is right now because he had trouble making 170. He went to 185 where he competed against the elite of the division. So Gastelum, has been used to fighting bigger, larger, stronger men. This move to 170, and oh, by the way, he made weight, I won't say easily, but he looked great on the scale, and he weighed in at 170 right on the nose. I think Gastelum has really got the experience here. He's been in with the better fighter. He's been in with the larger fighters. I think Brady is a step below Gastelum as far as class, and I think it's going to come out in this fight. This fight open, Brady minus 130, Gastelum plus 110, and we can get Kelvin right now anywhere from between plus 100 to plus 110. Round three, Gastelum plus 100 to plus 110, one unit. Let's also take this fight, two and a half, shaded minus 140 to the over, and I happen to agree with that. I'm going to take this fight to go to the distance for a unit as well, and that's priced at plus 100. Two one-unit releases in round three, one on Kelvin Gastelum at plus 100 to 110. The fight to go the distance, plus 100. Those are draft king's prices. And now let's march right into round four. Round four, Font and Figueredo. Font the legitimate bantamweight, 135-pounder, slick boxing, fought the elite of the division, competed well with all of them. He seems to get to the total elite of that division and finds a way to fall a little bit short. But Font is slick. He has great boxing. He has great stand-up. And he wrestles more than he shows. In this fight, he's going to have a three-inch height advantage He's a year older than Figueredo, and he's going to have a three-inch reach advantage. Clearly, the legitimate 135er. Meanwhile, Figueredo, the Brazilian, moves up from 25, where he's fought Moreno four straight times and lost 
two of them tied one, one, one. I've always regarded Figueredo as a bully. He's always fought at 20, 125 because he has a complex. He has to be the bigger bully guy. Otherwise, he don't want it. Now he steps up and he's not going to be the bigger or the longer guy. It shows me some fortitude out of Figueredo, but I think he's stepping up a little too much as far as what Rob Font brings to the table. As far as Font, if he keeps away from the leg kicks and can keep Figueredo at distance, I think he can just pick him apart and work a decision on him just by slicing him and dicing him and painting his fence. Figueredo is going to have to find a way to get inside. And I think the leg kicks started off and we'll see if Font can keep the thing standing. But I really favor Font in round four. And now we're going to play Font, currently priced minus 130 in a parlay. And we're going to move, I'm using DraftKings again, and we're going to move all the way into January 13th with this second side. So you're going to have to be with us in the Bout Business Podcast of 2024 in order to help us count this if we can get this far. Rob Font, round four, minus 130, keyed with Magomed Ankalaev in their fight on January 13th. He's the main event from the Apex in Vegas. Font, minus 130, Ankalaev, minus 340. That's a plus 128 parlay. Mark me down for one unit on that for round four. And now let's move into round five. Round five, I released during the weigh-ins, and it was basically because I watched Jalen Turner weigh in towards the last five, seven minutes of the weigh-ins. He looked like death warmed over. They had to drag him off, and then miraculously he came out and lost a pound in like two minutes and made weight. But the damage was done, and let me explain myself on this Fight, probably a fight I was not going to use. I did like Turner all week heading into the fight. On Wednesdays, I listen to fighter interviews. And if you listen to the fighter interviews available on YouTube, you go and you listen to Jalen Turner's segment. A couple things were very clear. He would have rather fought Godzilla than Bobby Green. He comes from Bobby Green's general hood has tremendous respect for him, Would wanted to fight anyone but Green, turned down the fight because it was five rounds, didn't want to take it, and felt coerced by the UFC into taking the fight. And so I'm watching this on Wednesday thinking, holy cow, I'm sh any thought of taking Turner is gone. In fact, he doesn't want this fight. Now I watch him in weigh-ins limp off the scale late, if this fight even goes off, and I think Turner's looking for a way out, I re I'm, I'm not accusing him of anything except he made it clear he doesn't want this fight. Meanwhile, we look at Bobby Green, the epitome of a professional prize fighter. Bobby Green's in it for the money. He'll fight. I don't think he'd fight his mom or his family. But anyone outside that, Bobby Green will fight if you give him money. And this is a fight where Bobby Green understands that Turner's got a short fuse. And if he can weather the first round, get in the second round, Bobby Green's going to have the athleticism and the striking to chop Turner down. I released Bobby Green as soon as I saw Turner 
on the scales and what his condition was because it wasn't just that that made me take Bobby Green. It was that coupled with the fact that Turner don't want this fight. Round five, Bobby Green plus 180. Now let's move into round six. Sixth and final round, we're going to the main event. Armin Sarukian, Benil Dariush, an Iranian against an Armenian. Both phenomenal fighters weighing in at that lightweight 155 division. In Sarukian, we have youth. We have vigor. We have gas tank and cardio all day long. Speed, explosion, and maybe a little bit inexperience. And he's been in with elite. But he hasn't the experience that Dariush has. And to talk about Sarukian and Dariush, in four to five years, Sarukian will be Dariush. That's how good and polished Dariush is. Now, two fights ago, Dariush fought Mateusz Gamrat, and he looked like a world beater in winning that fight. And then in his last, he looked so terrible against Charles Oliveira, that I think some of that is affecting the price of this fight. Sarukian, the younger man, opens minus 180. And to bet him now, you're going to have to spend minus 300 to get any kind of a fair price on a straight up bet on Sarukian. He's minus 299 at DraftKings as we're speaking. That's a meteoric rise in a talented young kid that I do believe should be the favorite. But I view him as more an opening line favorite. I'll give him minus 170. I'll give him maybe minus 180. But I'm not giving him minus 300 or, or so. That's just too much. So I have a few things I want to do in round six with this fight because I think Dariush is up to this task. I like him on the bounce. And though he's the older man, I love the experience. And I think he's crafty enough. And he's got something up his sleeve. Again, something... I garnered from the fighter interviews. Let's see if it's real or not. So round six, we're going to start with a parlay here and tie it into a future wager also. Now you have to listen close. We're going to take the main event, Sarukian versus Dariush. Fight starts round three, priced minus 280. And we're going to take that to a fighter fighting in next week's card, Andre Muniz. I've been waiting all week to talk about him on this podcast. He's been minus 220, minus 225 all week. I already have him at that price and was waiting to share the price with everyone. But obviously, the cat's out of the bag now. Andre Muniz is now priced at plus 180, and I'm all over him. In next week's fight, we'll talk about the breakdown, but this is a wrong price, in my opinion. So the first part of round six. Armin Sarukian and Benil Dariush starts round three minus 280. That's tied with Andre Muniz plus 180 next week. That price, one unit, returns 2.8 units. Furthermore, when we watch this main event, if for some reason we don't get the first part, if this fight's over in round one or round two, at that point in time, I am triggering a bet on Muniz at plus 180. So if our parlay falls at that moment, you're buying Muniz at plus 180. Because going into next week, we're either going to have one unit to win 
2.8 units on Muniz because the parlay is working, or we're going to have one unit to win 1.8 on Muniz because that price ain't going to be there next week. Furthermore, I think I want to take a little taste of Dariush. The price currently plus 260, that's out of whack. I'm going to take a half a unit on Dariush and we'll uh, take that at current plus 260 and we'll call it a day. There's a lot of positions this week. I wish everyone luck. We will report back Monday for the Sneak Teeth podcast, which will be an opening line report for next week's UFC Las Vegas 83. Song Yadong versus Chris Gutierrez. Until then, good luck at the fights and thank you for listening. Locked into Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. Tomorrow's good net hand is ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Bam! The legs go. I mean, that is clean. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.